Liam, this week's wrestling review. Of I'm the gonna, wrestler review. I'm going to apologize right now for what I assume will be Dylan's insensitive use of a Japanese accent. It's not going to be insensitive. It's going to be very sensitive. Um, this I'm week, very sensitive. I cry sometimes. This week we're talking about Kiji Muda. We're going to do one episode on Kiji Muda, which is probably not enough. But let me just start off by saying this. He should not be wrestling anymore. The man can't <laughs> walk. He's great, though. He, um, He's so good. This guy, how is he not fucking... Would you say the most accomplished mo- modern ever? era uh, Japanese wrestler? I would say he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers ever. They named the brutality scale of how brutal a match is is named after him because of one match he had with fucking... Oh, what the... Hiroshi Hase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Muda scale because they bled so much. I watched two minutes of that match and I got very uncomfortable because I was on a train. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, because uh, you can't. Sometimes you realize you're watching pro wrestling in uh, public and uh, it's never a good feeling to be like, oh, they, without context, this just looks like a setup for gay sex. Uh, not even that. That does not look like a setup for gay sex. It looks like a, a serial killer. Or like a bloodletting. Yeah, it was just like, oh, well, I'm stuck on a train from Bristol. I like to watch two ethnic men murder each other. <laughs> Dance for me, puppets. Dance. <laughs> Dance for me. What is amazing is this guy never been in the Fed. Yeah, well, I mean, he... Um he always does shots for WCW, um, they in NWA. Work, always had a wor- working relationship with them. But I think he knew he's just too fucking good. Like, like he's too good and he wouldn't be used properly. Oh, he's not, he of, doesn't want to wrestle the Fed style. And also a lot of his protégés did go to um, the Fed. Like Basically, it's all but said that like Tajiri just wrestles like uh, Kiji Muda did when he could still move. Yeah. And like Muda was just like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, Tajiri, he, well, I mean, we'll get into this, but uh, Muda does basically invent the, uh, not invent the mist. He's not the first guy to do mist. He's not the first guy to do the mist, but fuck, the mist is awesome. Yeah, especially the way they use it in uh, in matches where it's like, in America, you always think of, oh, he's going to use the mist because he's the guy's, the ref's back's turned and whatever. But in Japan, it's not even like a cheating. It's like a move. Yeah, it's a move. So like he'll just be in an abdominal stretch and just blow the mist in the guy's face. It's fucking great, and it's also like weird. it's because it's a, there's a like when it's just a legal move. There's a like there's a coolness to it that's just not it's not cheating. It's just a move. So it's just like you know he'll just blow the mist. It's an interesting because it's when he wants to get out of a move as like not even like a high spot in the mat. It is a high spot, but it's just kind of like the first five minutes of the match. He'll just spit the mist at somebody just to like pick the crowd up. What does fall in the same category as like say what? It falls in the same category as say the people's elbow or anything like that. It's just a move that pops the crowd and doesn't actually do anything. But for some reason, because it's missed from the mouth, it's it seems so much more fucking legitimate. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't do anything in Japan because Japan, like in Japan, they have the their set of rules for wrestling. But in uh, North America, it's always like used in a pinning combination or something like that. Like, Absolutely, because he's always like uh, it really brings to light how in major pro wrestling, 
literally they still haven't gotten past the like he's japanese that's bad he's also <laughs> an, oh no absolutely he's also very interesting and this is really jumping ahead but he is the president of all japan for quite a long period of time has an amazing amount of stroke and actually uses it appropriately and doesn't push himself to the moon although he does favor uh, more traditional style wrestling than um, others do um, which it's part of the problem when he's the president of all japan but that's jumping way ahead yeah uh we're jumping way ahead here but Let's do this. Uh, he starts in 1984. Jesus fucking Christ. Why are you still in the ring? He starts in 1984, John. I'm aware of the time. He's a judo black belt. He was in the army in Japan. Yeah, he's an army hero. No, he's not. He is. I consider him a hero. Anyone who's in the army is a hero to me. I support my troops. Oh, really? What do you do? Did you serve? How do you support them? I always say... Thank you for your service when they're t- talking in restaurants. I don't actually do that. My dad does, and it makes me very uncomfortable all the time. <laughs> I say thank you for your service, and then I hold out a cup and wait for them to fill it. With what? Pick the drink. <laughs> fill my cup. Serve me, yeah. army boy. <laughs> Ooh, you're in such good shape. You're built for me. You're built for me. He actually debuted against Chono, which is crazy. That's fucking insane. It's crazy that, like, yeah, that era of people... He debuts against the future leader of NWO Japan, the weirdest part of that fucking gimmick. Ooh, yeah, they really love a goddamn stable in Japan. Yeah, well, that's where the NWO idea came from, which was the, like, old warriors versus the new guard or something like that. Oh, the new blood? No, it wasn't new blood. It was The old. new blood versus the millionaires yeah, club? Yeah, that's, that's what it was called. Oh, no, that was in WCW, you no, that, fucking that, that, idiot. That's where the NWO came from, is the new blood... Versus the Millionaires Club. That's what John thinks. That's, that's not what I think. It's not what I think. It's <laughs> what John thinks. Um, so he goes to Florida. Um, so what they do in Japan is they do because um, they did this with uh, oh did they? oh my this god who is Okada? They did this with Okada where they sent him to TNA. So like they uh, New Japan still tried to do the thing that they would do uh, here, uh, which was they would send them to America. And then send them to like a set territory and have them work as like a heel or whatever they needed and then come back. And uh, they did that with Okada. They sent him to TNA. And then they basically, in TNA, they were like, okay, we got Okada. Um, and then they made him some like Kato in the Green Lantern, yes. but for Samoa Joe. And then New Japan learned what they were doing with Okada, and then they were like, "We're taking him back." Yeah, please. and he was like, but he was like the top draw in the company like six months later. Um, so they do that with uh, Muda with Kenji Muto in uh, in Japan, and, in, in and uh, he basically wrestles he wrestles under White Ninja, oh. Space Lone Wolf. That's my favorite one. It was when he returned to New Japan in 86. He was in space. Space, space lone, lone wolf. wolf. I love Japanglish. Um, then he, then when he comes back to the NWA, which is when he debuts as the son of um, the great Kabuki, as the great Muda with Gary Hart as his manager. The debut promo is, I think, my favorite because Gary Hart has his back turned to the hard camera for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And uh, the great Muda goes out and fucking... It is so a contrast of styles when you look at how the NWA was wrestling and that they have him in with this jobber dude with a mullet yep. who basically runs at him and he just kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> but have you, ever, have you heard uh, Gary Hart talk about how he debuted uh, Mudo? It's really interesting where he, like, he talks about and it just shows how fucking smart Gary Hart was because um, it kind of shows like because the, the way you said it, he's the son of the great Kabuki. Yeah. Um, 
So Great Kabuki's winding down. Gary Hart has always managed the Great Kabuki. Um, Great Kabuki, by the way, was a was a very similar style sort of gimmick to the Great Muda. Really came to prominence in WCCW. Yeah, and was always used in attraction. Gary Hart was very good at getting heels over. More importantly, he was very good at getting heel attractions over. So making someone that wasn't necessarily a champion, but can yeah, like new babyface beat this guy. Yeah, him, the missing link. Uh, Bruiser Brody was Bruiser Brody this way. Yeah. But the big two were missing Link and um, Kabuki. Kabuki. So he also transferred this to Chris uh, Adams and uh, Gino Hernandez later on to feud with the Von Erics. Gary Hart was also the booker for the WCCW on again, off again, and was a major driving force within the NWA as a booker. Came up with a lot of the um, sort of, he was the big heel finish guy, as well as the person that got any sort of new talent ready to go in if they were going to get any sort of big runs. So if they were going to go start going for the US title or the world championship. Um, he was also sort of the guy that taught people like Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, how to book um, because he had a very big, a really strong working relationship with Bill Watts and other people and was sort of the guy that would come in as fixers for territories. Um, he also got financially fucked by Fritz von Erich so spectacularly, made Fritz von Erich um, 75, no, 750 $750,000 in the month of December, and I think it's 1985 or six when they do the angle with the Freebirds coming in against Ric Flair, and uh, his Christmas bonus was $1,500. Uh, <laughs> that which, is pro wrestling, baby. When he walked out, um, it's never really discussed why he never went to the Fed, because he would have been so fucking good. As a heel because manager. it's a different type of style. It is, but for his style of heel manager, he would have been an amazing foil for Hulk Hogan. Because fuck me, does Gary Hart scare the shit out of people when he talk? Like he has this this booming voice, and he looks like a scumbag from yeah. uh, Chicago. And there's just something about him that's not likable. And then you watch him in shoot interviews, and you read about how supportive and amazing this guy was, and his fucking genius as a wrestling booker is superb. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, so John did his own episode on Gary Hart just there. Yeah. He's a fucking loser. The reason why I bring that up is that when they brings in uh, the great Muda, When they brings in. Um, and is his manager, it adds a big legitimacy to the great Muda. It also means that, like, Gary Hart can do that thing where, like, he's an intimidating Japanese buzz song and he's going to fucking kill everybody. And then great Muda literally goes out and does a completely different style of wrestling those fans had never seen. He is pretty much always a heel, uh, but also is booked pretty much right into the main a main event program as soon as he debuts. Yeah. Well, because he talks about it, but, like, the Kabuki is, like, evil, but, like, uh, is more like a... He's, like, you're a superhero who happens to be bad. Yeah. So it's, like... So that's why... Like, because he doesn't... They don't worry about making him not do any of his high-flying shit like his finisher is a moonsault in the late 80s in america like he's doing some high-flying like neat fucking shit like and he does the, the springboard way, elbow one into of the, the first people to do the moonsault yeah he claims he invented it but people are like mm, you didn't who invented it john i'm not sure who did but is it kind of like the choke choke slam where there's like no origin yeah it's sort of like pro wrestling and no one actually knows who decided that it should be fake <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. There's tracing back. We should just do an episode of that. There's tracing back to a specific man. 
Uh, well, anyway, no, we'll we'll do a we'll do a fun episode of that. Ooh. How does that sound? We'll do an episode on Toots Mondet because his name was Toots. It's not necessarily Toots Mondet because other places were doing it at the same time in similar ways. No, yeah, but he like people are just talking about how Toots Mondet like made it the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, 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 like it used to be like it used to be part of a carnival, and then some guy would wrestle. Two guys would wrestle. One of them would just be like, it would just get to get people to gamble on the wrong guy. Yeah. And then, then they would just both take the money. But it was just all—it was all a grift. You know, I don't really know how that worked. Did he then power up with a boxing promoter named Jess McMahon and start running the Madison Square Garden? Oh yeah, I know everything about it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um. So anyway, uh, he goes to world class, um, because like I said, Gary Hart brings him in. Uh, he goes to Puerto Rico. In uh, Puerto Rico, he wrestles under the Super Black Ninja. Oh God. Because Puerto Rican people love ninjas, don't they, John? They certainly do. The other thing that is amazing about the Great Muda is that that like everything about that character should be offensive and not work and not be interesting, but for something something about it, just I'm just like, yeah, I totally believe it and I dig it. Well, it's because it, it's a new it's a new spin on that character because he's not wearing a mask. You can still see his facial expression. Yeah. Um. He would have different face paint from show to show. And I know that seems weird, but like you think about the Road Warriors, did they ever change the face paint? No. Well, yeah, NWA they did, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, they would change it in the NWA, but usually it's like a static, one static yeah. look. I mean, in the Fed, because they want to merchandise everything. They just have one static look. Um, but it's very easy to see why, like, because here's the other thing is like, Muda goes into uh, the NWA. Um, he really so they introduce him as the son of the great Kabuki, which they didn't do right away. He didn't want to do that right away. Um, the Gary Hart said like we gotta wait to introduce him as the great Kabuki because the uh, son of the great Kabuki because that could be a, like just another thing on top of it. Yeah. Because um, we want him to make to be an individual. We can't just be like oh it's the great Kabuki Junior. Uh, because and which is something that uh, WWF does all the time, oh, which always it. fails because so they're like WCW it's a second generation superstar, like that and type also, of shit. By the way, WCW is also even more guilty of that because that's a great old NWA trick of like, oh, this guy's part of this family. Yeah, famously backfired. With, we're talking a lot about the Von Erichs, but famously backfired with the Von Erichs, which was they all grew up in Dallas, and one day we're like, this guy's Bo Von Erich, and they're like, no, he's not. He's a local athlete. We know that guy. Are you lying to us, Fritz? Yeah. <laughs> All my sons are dead. I'll I'll kill him too. Yeah. I'll grind him into shit. So uh, Muda feuds with uh, he feuds with Luger, Flair, Sting uh, during his first run in the NWA. There's his matches with Sting are fucking awesome. Oh, they're awesome. There's an amazing. Ca- it's a Thunderdome cage match. Fuck you, NWA, WCW. That's Terry Funk, Great Muda, Ric Flair, Sting in a tag team cage match. Tina Turner's actually the referee. Is she actually the referee? Yeah. Master Blasters outside to make sure no one does any shenanigans. That was that's a Mad Max reference. Yeah, everyone got it. We're smarter than you. And our dicks are thick. No. Thin. <laughs> Thin for me. <laughs> Toothpick. Thin like our friend GK. Anyway, Toothpick. so it's pointy. Um, but what's amazing about Muda is because also Muda is definitely wrestling a very traditional Japanese style of Purusu. Um, so it's very. Hot. Say that again. Purusu. Puroso. No, Puroso. 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 Um, 
And he's just fucking badass. He's fucking awesome. I love the great Muda in this phase. He does eventually. He goes back to the Japan. The Japan after this. To the Japan. Goes back to the Japan after this. To New Japan. It's very important to remember that. He's a loyal New Japan guy. New Japan and All Japan effectively hate each other. And no one really goes from one to the other. You stay loyal your entire career. But the other thing is he's... um, But the other thing is uh, at this point... New Japan, All Japan. I think All Japan's the one having like the most badass fucking matches like of all time. The thing is, All Japan takes prominence in the mid '80s and holds it until '99, and when the giant Bubba dies. Yeah, and uh, to and uh, Kenji, Mu- he's not wrestling as the Great Muda in Japan yet. No, he's he's Kijibudo, Kiji and he's uh, he's like up on the card. Like he's he was uh, he was. He was uh, the now versus new feud. He was uh, on Anoki's side. So if you're aligned with Anoki, that's like, like I, I don't, I'm assuming everyone listening to this fucking knows, but that's like aligning with Hulk Hogan times six. Almost. Yeah, he's like, sort of he would be the equivalent of Shawn Michaels. He's a he's very much Shawn Michaels. I would yeah. Say. But I did what I did want to say is uh, the interesting thing about the NWA and uh, the way I still think uh, WWE can learn from this is Muda versus Sting. Uh, Sting would get cheered in the south. And uh, Muda basically would get cheered in the north because they were just like, I think Cornette has, I mean, Cornette talks about everything, but Cornette has a, and Ross, I think, have have an interview about this where they talk about how like, they'd have to be like, oh, the fans are, like, they would just not talk about the crowd when Sting was in the north. Yeah. They wouldn't, just wouldn't reference it. They would just let the crowd boo change boosting and chant fuck you and cheer muda and shit yeah because it really was like that's why gary hart wanted him to be just a bad superhero because sting is very much a superhero and you watch the sting muda matches from the late 80s early 90s and you can really see that like oh if we i mean i can only speak personally if this is why sting was thought to be hulk hogan plus like because he know was he as charismatic uh, on the mic, no. no. But in the late '80s, wrestling made up most most of the show. And also, Sting was a way better wrestler, and also had a di- much more dynamic move set, and was also wrestling against more interesting competitors, a la Great Muda, Ric Flair, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and would like, and had the yeah physical ability to make himself seem more in peril, akin to like a guy like Spider Man or whatever. Completely. Like, it was one of the main issues with Hulk Hogan that really affected one of the reasons why they had to go national and run all those loop towns. And this is brought up by George the Animal Steel, who was one of the agents and was specifically an agent for a lot of Hogan matches because he was good at booking cartoonish endings with big heels, basically. And he would talk about how you could never do a Hogan beatdown. You'd have to injure him and he'd have to go away for the while, a while because towns wouldn't believe that Hogan could be in peril. Because Hogan was just so much more physically intimidating than anyone else you'd really put him in the ring with. Like, you couldn't have him go in with, um, um, you know, Roddy Piper and say Roddy Piper was able to beat down Hulk Hogan. Advantages, you could put Sting in peril in that way. And you could put Sting in matches with the Great Muda. And it would be a competitive match that people would want to see over and over again. Because, and even now, if they did a series of seven of Sting at that time versus Great Muda at that time on Raw for seven weeks in a row, fans would get into it because you're like, holy shit, you could do things like he doesn't hit the Shining Wizard 
and stuff like that. And he could take the dragon screw, all those sort of things. That was the thing. Yeah. Great Muda is also, his movesets really, really different. Although he did not come up with the Shining Wizard until like 2001. No, it was earlier than that, wasn't it? No, it was 2001. That's the really cool thing about this guy's career is because he reinvents himself completely. I mean, we'll get into it. But, but he, he has the dragon screw before that. Yeah, it's dragon screw and then dragon screw into the figure four leg lock because he took the figure four leg lock to Japan from Ric Flair. Yeah. That was like a big controversial thing because that was one of the moves that they protected for Ric Flair, but then WCW stopped working with any sort of Japanese company because Eric Bischoff would trade Masa Chono and Kijimuda for Scott Norton. <laughs> they made Scott Norton the champ. Scott Norton's a big fucking deal in Japan. Yeah, he was an arm wrestling champ. And he, you know what? He's a fucking badass. He's one of those guys that I never understood why they didn't push harder. I, was, I would watch it. He just Scott Norton just looked like an old school pro wrestler, like just fucking his just the like his body is just chest and mullet. It's yeah. just a chest with a mullet on it. And briefly was in a tag team with Buff Bagwell. Vicious and delicious. Ooh, cuz he's delicious, right? Yeah. Um so he returns to New Japan in uh, March 90. Um, six months later, using the uh, Muda persona, he wins his second IWGP tag team title with uh, with Chono. Um, they hold the title for about six months. He's also working uh, in WCW during this time. So basically, he's keeping himself fresh. Like, the territories are done, but for a guy as, like, over as Muda is everywhere um he can basically use the world as his territory um he comes to he wrestled a starcade 90 uh to team with mr saito because they're both japanese that's why if you're japanese then you're also japanese so you must be friends but this was in uh but this was in the starcade 1990 they did like a national tag team tournament thing and they had like it was like who's gonna win the united states with the steiner brothers japan with mr saito and the great muda or team south africa with these guys germany represented by fritz von eric's dad <laughs> well they couldn't even get like a team canada together like they literally didn't even have like they couldn't just get the hearts they couldn't get smith hart to do uh to work for he's Reed. not gonna get on a plane <laughs> I'll get on a bus maximum. <laughs> I don't trust those missiles of America. <laughs> Are you going to make my stew? Um, the other thing to also remember is that... Um, we love you. Great Muda will always be an attraction in America because all the fans of our age grew up with him only showing up for a bit and then running away again. Pardon me? He would uh, never stay in America that long. Yeah, he was like, he would just do shots. But I always knew who Muda was. Yeah. Know? Like, even though, I mean, as we'll, we'll get into this, but. Oh, let's just get into it now and stop saying, well, let's get into it. That's one All right, fine. Uh, he just looked, he just started looking fucking haggard as fuck in the late 90s. Oh, when he was with the NWO and stuff like that? Yeah, he looked bad. Oh, man. Like. Cause in the start of the two, in the start of the uh, new millennium, haha, funny joke by me. Um, he really reinvents his look, and I and I think look a stone cold uh, Japanese Austin. Um, well, he also does that because he can't use his knees don't work anymore basically, so he can't do anything high flying. Yeah, but he also like he because he's balding. 
because he's super bald. <laughs> because he has the he has the Frasier haircut for most of the nineties. I'm yes, just like it's balding, does. but I'm gonna keep it long because I gotta toss some salad. And I gotta scramble some fucking eggs, John. Yeah. All right. I don't use condoms. Seattle. I finish learn. inside. <laughs> That's what I learned from the great Muda. Um, he was in the first uh, G1 Climax, which really, I think, this now... It's interesting, because that's what they call it whenever I fuck your mom. No! <laughs> no, they don't! I will not stop fucking shouting. Everyone, I've asked you to do this before. Can you do it again? Please take your earbuds out if you're on the if you're on the subway or whatever. Are you at work? Take your earbuds out. Stop. Take your earbuds out. Take your earbuds out. Okay. Now turn the volume all the way up. John Hastings has not fucked my mother. He would never fuck my mother. She's a wonderful woman. That's why I fucked her. And judging based on her previous husband and my father, she has a thing (laughs) for guys with dark hair and mustaches. Okay? Following people I have So the next... So the... Your mom. No. So here are the options. Your stepdad, Art. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Your sister. Shut the fuck up. You have not fucked anyone. The bridge your father died on. No. (laughs) Yeah. I fucked your dad and your mom. Where? And I made another waterhead baby just like your <laughs> shit younger brother. Because you guys can't coordinate anything. Waterhead. If you guys ever if you guys ever see John throw a tennis ball at him, it's like watching a retarded spider <laughs> weave a web of his own shit. Oh, that's and cool. And he shits his that's pants <laughs> and he gets a boner and there's no cum in it. Oh, that's cool. He you make fun of no people. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm not full of hate, you Trump supporter. Oh, Milo Yamalopoulos is on the program and he's going to talk about how he's not gay even though he loves cum. No, Good to see you, Dylan. No. What's it like working for Breitbart? Anthony Cumia. Anthony Cumia. We are, um, we are recording this ahead of time. Is um, Mr. Yams the president or whatever of Greece yet? Is when is the when is the election in Greece? Soon. No. I can understand how you'd go far right after your government spent all of your money on on vacations. <laughs> And leather dusters? <laughs> <laughs> that finance minister was the greatest guy I've ever seen when he showed up to negotiate with the EU and he showed up on a motorcycle in a leather duster. <laughs> well, he's fucking Greek. Don't tell my wife I'm here. <laughs> 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 I date a Greek woman and uh, trust me, every every guy in the family starts a sentence with, now don't repeat this to any woman. <laughs> Men, it's fine. <laughs> you can tell a man anything. Alexis, Women talk though. Ale- yeah. Alexis, I always thought Alexis was like fake Greek, like Bulgarian or something like that. No, there's a weird thing where it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Greek <laughs> Greek people are like in 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 East Toronto at least. They're just like they're even more Greek than Greek people are. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Where it's like. Because you're just... Italian... You want to tell people, like, if you're something, like, I'm Canadian, but if you think the th- if you think the thing that makes you interesting is being Canadian, then you'll act way more Canadian. Yeah. If you know what I mean? True. Like, you see people who, like, where... There was a guy who worked at a comedy club who we will play at who was Canadian, and he wore a, ca- a hat that said Canada on it every day. He lost the first G1. Climax. Ugh. Um, to Masahiro Chono. Where is Masahiro Chono still in New Japan or still floating around New Japan, I believe, right? I don't know. 
Here's the thing about me in Japanese wrestling. I get so confused so quickly. It well, moves. it's just I need to. I'm gonna throw this out there. I need those English commentators, baby. Yeah, I. I can't agree. like. I enjoy the like. It sounds weird, but watching a Japanese pro wrestling match with the Japanese commentary, there's a certain music and there's so much more energy in the commentary yeah. of. Like, just in the Japanese language, like, the patter is really nice to listen to. I know it sounds weird, but just, like, just, like, uh, rhythmically, it sounds very nice. But I don't know what's happening. It's the thing which is, like... I can watch it because it's, obviously, it's wrestling, it's pantomime, like, it's a performance art. So, you can watch it. But for part of that? it is provided by the commentators. Yeah. In the same way, if you ever... W- I need, yeah, I need context for why these two people are fighting it's and what's happening in the match. And watching any sport sort of sucks without a, 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 a white man going... And here's what's happening next, by the way. Gotta be white. Gotta be white. <laughs> as, as John just said, for some reason. <laughs> it, gotta, name, it gotta be white. Name one commentator who's not a white man in sports. Not a white man? Like, commentator, like, live commentary. The only one, like, Jim. Oh, Reggie Miller. Uh, but they're not, they're not doing play-by-play. They're doing, like, panel afterwards. No, Reggie Miller's color guy. Is re- who's Reggie Miller doing color? I for? mean, that sounds very insensitive. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> no, yeah, they get bl- like it's in the NBA. They just th- that's all they do. Oh, in the people. NBA, I forgot NBA, about the NBA. Well, you forget NBA. You forget Harold Reynolds does the like syndicated World Series commentary. I mean, he's shit, but he's a black man. He does color commentary. I don't acknowledge him. Um, <laughs> don't acknowledge that one. I'm a Joe Buck man myself. I think what you're telling is, and someone said this uh, a while ago, but like. And and this might be up until Moro Ronaldo came on, uh, the most competent person they had uh, was uh, doing commentary was um, Renee Young, and they would have just like just make her the play by play person. Yeah, like, just make he's got even in a different way she has everything Vince wants. Like just put a hot lady on camera a hundred times, you know? And she would be so much better. And she's great. But she won't, like, they won't, Vince has an idea of what he thinks. Yeah, he wants it to be middle 90s Monday Night Football. He's, he's openly said that. That's why they have three, three people on Monday Night Raw. Really? Is he want, he's always wanted it to be Monday Night He wants, Football. like, a John Madden type. He wants a John Madden type, which is clearly he's trying to make JBL. Yeah. Because that's what he was trying to make Jim Ross to be, which is expert play-by-play color. The problem is, is now that they don't announce moves, Yeah. it's just all this dead air all the time. Well, that's the kind of thing where they get the three-man booth where they ha- they really had that with... There is a ton of dead air. They really had that in uh, like mid-90s WCW because they had Heenan. Heenan being the like John Madden type. And then you have Shivani as Summerall, very clearly. And then Mike Tanay is the expert. Because Tanay would come in and just be like, for here's gi- context for the match. When it's like w- they're doing a rest hold, Mike Tanay say... A million statistics and would talk about where the invention of the moves that I yeah. enjoy all that sort of stuff. I think that that's I think everyone does, except for Vince McMahon, evidently. It's a bizarre, but that's a it's a shameful thing, I guess. To quote a great man, is that person me? Because I'm the only no, it's Seamus. Oh, is it? Oh, Celtic warrior. Um, let's Seamus. All right, everyone, 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 take your headphones out. All right, Seamus, Seamus, Seamus. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, 
please rate and subscribe for the wrestler review. Of course, you also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. What a break. It was seconds long. Oh, my God. Once again, another break. Um, so he closed out. Uh, he. Uh, You're great at reading. Shut the fuck up. He uh, lost the G1 Climax, uh, closed out the year uh, teaming with Hiroshi Hase to beat Rick Steiner and... Vader. Scott Norton. I loved in Japan. I love Japan how they would be like, uh, we can't get the Steiners. Get someone, I don't know, get someone who kind of looks like him, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Norton, please. Hello, is this the wrestling? Yes. Give me Scott Norton. <laughs> Uh, Mudo also uh, teams with Sting uh, to beat the Steiners in 92, uh, returns this to WCW, yeah. uh, do some house shows with Nikila Koloff. See, because this is, here's, here's the great thing about Muda since he's an attraction, you can stick him with fucking anybody, and it just, not the Sting is anybody. But no, you, but you can you stick him with saying. Nikita Koloff in the middle 90s when people are like, what? <laughs> well, this is before Vader murdered Nikita Koloff. Yeah, because Nikita Kolo got injured and never wrestled again, right? Uh, yeah, because yeah, uh, Vader murdered him. Yeah. Um, here's something that I that stood out to me when I read it. Oh, um, did. On May 30th episode of WCW Saturday Night, he beat Brad Armstrong in a best of three. Now I didn't watch this match, <laughs> but I would give anything to see Brad Armstrong get a get pin? a fall on fucking the Great Muda. I guarantee they just did. He beat him twice. Maybe it's the NWA. They did do that because he just did. Uh, he just finished up with like house shows against Steiner and Zabisco as well. Um, he wins the uh, 1992 G1. Um, first round he beats Wyndham, then he pins Steve Austin, and then he beat Chono. And this was special because uh, it's the second G1, obviously, and it's also for the NWA championship. So he wins the NWA championship by beating Chono. And why were they doing that? Because they needed to split the NWA and yeah. the uh, WCW. World and it's out. a perfect. It's fucking perfect. Yeah. If isn't it weird that you would you would never do this in 1992? But if the NWA title would have just been part of the New Japan Triple Crown, then it would be so much more prestigious right now. Yeah, absolutely, but they'll never talk about that. Oh, they wouldn't have done it then, but they should have done it in later years. But, uh, the problem is, is that's the only time you could have kind of done it because the NWA title has such like rust. Oh, I'm it. sorry. No, I'm no sorry. I I fucked up. Um, Chono won. Chono yeah. won. Sorry, I misplaced that. Yeah, because I don't think he's ever won the G1 Climax. Muda. Muda. No, I, but he beats. But four days later, he beat Ricky Chochu for the IWGP. Yeah. Title, so he, it's like because he is a triple crown winner. Yeah, I don't think he's ever won a G one climax. No, because the thing is, is that it's also weird because he's also again one of those guys where he's also in a prominent position. He's one of the bookers of the of New Japan all throughout all of this, mm -hmm. and he loses all the time. Like he's always billing himself as an attraction, always keeping. Um, 
gimmicks like this are perfect. Like if you find one, gimmicks like the Muda, gimmicks like the Undertaker, gimmicks like uh, like say they are and they aren't perfect. It's gonna be one, two, three in it. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it's like the missing link. These guys are great. Kane even are great. No, I would disagree. Kane, how they use Kane now doesn't work for me. No, but I mean gimmicks like this are good because they're a special attraction. You can have them. All they have to do is win four, lose one, and the guy who beats them in the one is great, and then they go away because yeah. they're mystical, and they go away to the trees they live in. And it's what's very interesting is he fucking bounces around. He keeps bouncing around between WCW and New Japan up until the late 90s. Like He, yeah. he shows back up and helps out the Young Dragons. The middle 90s is not that big and significant. He kind of appears for that Starcade Japan versus America tournament. Mm-hmm. He does join the NWA Japan with Masachono, which actually screws up the whole thing because they're supposed to be rivals in New Japan. And they kind of had to explain that. Mm-hmm. It was also... I don't, how, I don't know how well-received the NWA Japan thing was in Japan as it was compared to... NWO Japan, you mean? Yeah, NWO Japan was compared to as NWO America. They just didn't have the same impact of it. Um, yeah, well, they had already done the thing is they had already done it. That's what the NWO got the idea. We already talked about this in the first half. They're also now no, I mean like, but they did they did it like they we talked about the new versus now thing. Yeah. We they the NWO is a version of that is the version no, it's a version of the U- UWFI feud because UWFI um, is like this high like legitimately people in japan believe it's real like they believe these because what they're doing is work shoot matches so yeah. they're just like doing like they get people who are just not they get this guy gary albright who's like their top star who just is a 300 pound like looks like a fat slob but he was legitimately a national wrestling champion in the states and they just first time you've ever seen him and they keep records for these people and they do like a show a month they win Every, like um, they win. Like the guys will win every match. Like they they have records like twenty three and four, nineteen and one, that type of thing. They and then they build up feuds that way, and they run out of money. Uh, I forget which company buys them, but basically they get bought and they do an invasion angle, and everyone in Japan is so fucking pumped for this shit. They're like, I can't believe these two companies are finally doing it. And then they do exactly what WWE did to WCW, which is they just fucking squash every YouTube. Yeah. No, right but there. that's not what the NWO was based on. Yeah, it was. No, it's a famous thing that was in... It might have even been old Japan, but it was like... The old warriors versus the new rebels. Like It was literally mm-hmm. something weird like that. It wasn't another company. It was everyone within the company. Okay. I can't remember what it was called. That's not important. What's important is... Yeah, we don't know the effect of NWO. Is what they're building up to in Japan throughout this time, which is the eventual New Japan, All Japan invasion angle, Mm -hmm. which they finally sort of pull off, start building towards... It took them like four years of negotiations and they're pretty sure they weren't going to get it done until Baba died. Baba died in 1999. Muda had been really pulling for it because um, he realized that they needed to diversify the talent. It would be a way to sort of showcase All Japan to New Japan fans um, and also maybe a way to refresh both talent rosters and switch people over. They finally do it uh, when Muda is declared the president of New Japan Whoa! uh, three years after uh, Giant Baba's death. By his wife, who transfers all of his uh, the family's entire stock portfolio in uh, all Japan 
to Kijimuda, and they start the. Um, I got the timeline completely wrong, by the way. But they, no, that's that's right. Yeah, they do. No, they do the invasion before that. They do the invasion between ninety nine and two thousand and two. In that, Kijimuda end up staying in all Japan for ten years. Yeah, because this is this is right around the time where they're forming where all Japan almost like pretty much disbands and they form Noah. Like everyone but like one person leaves all Japan for Noah. Yeah, this is when Noah this is and what saves them basically is the all is the All Japan New Japan voices. Um and then it happens slowly again because Kijimuda basically just keeps everyone in line. He does really smart things like he refreshes the Muda character and makes him masked. Um this is when yeah. the Shining Wizard comes to prominence. Um, and it's also one of those things where they build up the great Muda as this fantastic character where he basically lives in hell and, uh, he'll just appear at sort of weird times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really famous joke one where there's a guy rob rubbing a lamp and he throws it onto, uh, uh, love rubbing a lamp on the ramp and he throws it down and uh great muda comes out and it's such a fucking crazy big pop and they do something that's so awesome which is instead of using fucking uh um pyro and darkness they just shoot like 40 smoke cannons up in the air and cover the entire ramp it looks badass as fuck yeah muda the the thing is the 90s the difference between the 90s and uh 2000s presentation of both Kenji Mudo, Kenji Mudo and uh, Muda is I mean this is obvious like he his body breaks down which is going to happen. Yeah. But the presentation of both uh Kenji Mudo and Muda goes through the fucking roof. Like he looks so much better. He looks so much more intimidating as an old man. He gets a really wide chest. Yeah, it's he just looks like an old man wrestler. He but he's looks, yeah. He like he looks like he's gonna fucking crush someone's skull. Yeah, he looks like also, a take no shit uh, old man wrestler. He adapts his style in a really unique way because he can't walk. Like his knees do not work. Yeah, and his style is basically you beat him up for a bit, then miraculously you take a knee and he gives you the shining wizard. But and but then he can throw things in like the Asian mist, the dragon screw. It's all these sort of his entire move set is unpredictable. So it's one of those things where you can beat the shit out of Kijimuda for fifteen minutes. He hits one of those moves, and that move is so over with the crowd, it's believable that he would either get a two count or he might win. Yeah. And that is such a smart way to build a big hero. He also purposely, once he's in all Japan, doesn't really put any belts on himself. And really positions himself as an attraction because people are aware that he's the president and he avoids doing what people like Triple H have done, which is makes himself just the center of attentiones. Yeah. He, uh, I did want to say uh, just about the NWO thing. Uh, Muda basically plays the role of Sting in the NWO feud. Like Chono is the leader of the NWO and then Muda does join the NWO uh, and they have a NWO war. Like it's the exact same fucking thing, so but but if you imagine uh, Sting formed NWO Wolfpack, yeah. like, and uh, that was a big that was a big thing that Sting because Muda and it's kind of weird, but Muda's big 
not basically the sting of Japan, but I guess you can draw a lot of thorough lines. I mean, it's a lazy one, maybe, but you can. But Muda's just better I really at asserting himself because Sting was always like a go along to get along dude. I really think that he's the Shawn Michaels. He's very okay. much he's Shawn Michaels with Triple. He's Shawn Michaels and Triple H of Japan. Yeah, because in '98. He's basically slowing down like 98 when the injuries start to really take effect. Where he's like, fuck, I can't really do the moonsault anymore. And you're thinking it's kind of over. I don't know. I don't know if there's a parallel here. Not that there has to be, but it's like you're looking at this guy. He's been around now for 14, 15 years. They, they did the NWO thing. He had a lot of success. Um he had a lot of success. He won the NWA championship. He won the TV title. Um, he's an IWGP champion. Um, his career seems like it's done. He goes for one last run in WCW where he kind of feuds with Vampiro for a bit. Uh, during and also he comes and, in and he comes and he does st- and he and he supports the the Jung Dragons. Of course he does. I he feuds with Sting too, like which is such a great fucking feud. Um, he uh, yeah. Um, all right, you might want to PBR this one. Young Dragons against Three Count and Tank Abbott makes sense. Um, which means that Muto against Tank Abbott. He won the WCW Tag Title in the year two thousand with Vampiro. What? Yeah, which he then immediately lost uh to Chronic. They had a mini feud. I remember that. Um. Oh, he was signed they past as no more. compete clause, meaning that uh, fucking the uh, Fed could Fed never couldn't sign him. him. Yeah, not that he would ever want to be in the Fed. Like no. by this time, he's gotten to the point where like it's kind of weird to see a guy kind of turn from Brian Danielson and to Hulk Hogan, but that's pretty much what he does. Yeah, because for the next like still doing spot shows now. Uh, no, he last wrestled in, I think it was 2013. Let me look that up. Um, but still doing spot shows now. Uh, no, he hasn't re- No, he hasn't retired at all. Um, no, he hasn't retired at all. He started another company. <laughs> so he's still doing spot shows now. He comes into America and he's like completely innovative work rate. You can see him fly around the ring. Like he's just, he's got an agility that like they just don't have in wwf programming and it's also and then he turns into like he makes up a new finishing move because uh obviously he can't just do the mist and he can't and he still does the moonsault from time to time don't get me wrong and but usually it's shining wizard yeah it's a huge fucking deal but like there's shit that like he'll use a chair with the shining wizard where it's just like i love it when wrestlers find a way to like use a chair it's like oh it's with a chair and it makes no difference like the, you know, the more always elevation. like more elevation man or the like like i remember when jericho first came into the fed and he uh put the walls of jericho on x-pac on a table and they were like it's on a table it's like oh yeah <laughs> that's it's uh, slightly rougher than a mat yeah it's much more difficult to breathe um they also do something also about the shining wizard is it also even if he fucks it up which he does a lot the way it's designed still looks so fucking good. But there's no way, like, Japan, I'm going to make a generalization now, but Japan, good, average, has a higher, like, level of wrestler than America does. Yeah, because so the you can them, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so you can always, like, okay, Muda, and the other thing is, that's why the Shining Wizard 
A looks so good and B is great for an old guy like uh, Mudo because most times he's on the knees or the guy's on one knee or he's on both knees and it's a great and it's a unique place for a guy to land a strike from like you usually don't see a finishing move where the guy's on his knees and then he gets hit, hit in the head and that's makes that makes it so much better because it's just it's like a kill shot in a way that most wrestling moves aren't like most wrestling moves are a slam or like a guy falls on his face or you know you think about it like most come from a fireman's carry of the last 15 years and uh then you got a guy you get a guy on his knees ready to suck dick and you don't you kick him in the face um it also he does another move that i really enjoy and this is just random is he does drop kicks but specifically to the lower leg which i always think are just such a more realistic version of that move john can you expand on the uh, purchase of all japan by kiji mudo or as he bought it in storyline the great muda and he defeated the ghost of giant baba um it was effectively uh giant baba died uh during the new japan all japan by the way if you're not familiar giant baba isn't a really big baby bottle (laughs) 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 what are you telling me that one of the greatest longest uh lineages of uh, wrestling dynasty wasn't run by a giant baby bottle When I was like, when I saw Jack Briscoe versus Giant Baba, I was like, a baby bottle beats a Briscoe brother. That'll be the day. Oh my god, it's a person. Oh my god, it's a man. Also, by the way, Giant Baba's great passive aggressive way in negotiations when you uh, knew he didn't like what you were saying. Yeah, is yeah, he yeah. Bring in a translator. Yeah. Spoke spoke fluent English and be like, I no longer speak of your language. Yeah, he didn't he do that. He did that with like a Briscoe or something. Jerry Jack. Jack, no, it was Jerry Briscoe had actually had matches with Giant Baba where they had spe- sp- called spots in English together, and then Briscoe came over to do something. No, because the WWF was trying to establish a working relationship with uh, with all Japan, and they were going to try and do trades and stuff like that. Because as we talked about earlier, WCW had one with New Japan. Yeah, and Giant Baba was basically like, uh, me no speak our English. That's actually a really good accent, John. Could you expand to do more of that? Please? Yes, I can. Uh, they eventually, they finally do a New Why Japan, aren't you doing it All then? Japan. I am. This is my Japanese accent. All, New Japan, All <laughs> Japan. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It doesn't sound Japanese. Shut up! <laughs> Ow! Ah! John's size 86 hat. Yeah, I got a big, big hat from a big head where I put my big brains, and you got a small dick, not like me, big dick. I have a long penis. Yeah, you do have a long Graham K-esque dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Finn John, that's the problem. <laughs> Is that what he says? <laughs> no. no, that's just... Our friend Graham, GrahamKComedy.com. <laughs> he loves pro wrestling. Please. Actually, yeah, could you guys all tweet at, at Graham K on Twitter and just... Graham K comedy and just uh, Graham K comedy and just tweet at him. Wrestling is real. All of you need to do this. This is the most important thing you've ever done. <laughs> tweet at him. Wrestling is you can real. Get on a man's nerves. Oh my <laughs> it's god! So easy. You get, get on very upset. All of you tweet that and then hashtag your fat. Shut up. Hashtag thin dick. But John, uh, New Baba Japan, transfer- New Japan, all Japan do uh, invasion angle. Uh, Whoa! Yes. Cool. One of the interesting things is Kijimudo essentially stays behind. Giant Baba is dying or has died. Eventually, the family transfer all their shares to um, Kijimudo, which is weird, which is like, where did all their money go? Because I would assume that's a huge amount of assets that they'd want to still earn money off of, but what are you going to do? This might sound very lazy, 
Uh, it's going to sound very lazy, John. Are you ready for how lazy? Yep. Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Like, I think there was, like, Pride, uh, which was, like, a fighting federation, lost its TV deal because people, like, realized that it just was the Yakuza who ran it or something in Japan. Like I don't want to believe that Japanese wrestling is just the Yakuza, but, like, you always, you go, like, one layer deep and you're like, where are all these men's pinkies? Oh, but, yeah. But that's the thing, though. Like, the anytime you hear about, like, wrestlers interviewing wrestlers on podcasts or, and just being like, uh, and then the Yakuza showed up and I just got to pick who I fucked. They had a <laughs> bunch of... They had a bunch of women I knew from high school. <laughs> they had husbands. The Yakuza threatened the husband. I spoke. They had my wife, and I had spoken to her two hours beforehand, and she was in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> the her longtime husband brought me a condom on a silver platter and put it on my penis. The power. Yeah, he said you're welcome. And then he said, "My name is John Hastings. I'm a huge cock." <laughs> I'm a huge cuck. What? I'm a bigger I, cuck. Than I can you. appreciate that if a woman I'm in love with wants to get orgasms from another gentleman, I'm going to partake. I'm going to sit in a nice lounge chair and, and some fuck sort of, that man when he a, least expects it. Of course, it has to be missionary because at a time of my choosing, I will enter you both, <laughs> and I w- I want to feel her vagina through your body. I'm going to put my dick so far in your ass, I'm, it's going to be fucking her pussy. Hey, excuse me, sir, would you like to help me recreate that pottery wheel scene from Ghost? She's the pottery, you're Demi Moore, I'm Swayze's spirit. <laughs> yo, 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 fuck him, <laughs> fuck him, man. <laughs> fuck him. It's also weird, like, during this period... Uh, ja- <laughs> what a hardline segue. Fuck him, fuck... You know what's interesting about this time in the business portion of I Japanese feel like, wrestling? I feel like we have enough listeners at this point that they're just so used to it that we don't need to take a pause. I agree. I, I we pro- can just They understand that we're going to talk about come for four minutes <laughs> at a time and then go back into... Allow me to do an impression. The Shining Wizards was a great oh, move. Let me do an impression of every episode we've recorded of this show. Come, 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 come. You think that with the headlock, it's, it's actually a very undersung <laughs> maneuver, much like fucking your mom. Ma- come, come, come. That's why, Bre- that's why Brian Kendrick's fucking getting away with it, using his finisher. Anyway, uh, check this out. So here's the difference between uh, post-WCW, mm-hmm. I think, affects Japanese wrestlers a lot more. It sounds weird. Not a lot more. It affects Japanese wrestlers a lot as well as American wrestlers. I mean, this sounds obvious, but here's the here's the thing. I completely 2007, agree. Two, year 2000, Muda is winning a tag title in America. Fast forward seven years, he's the number one, probably number one draw in all Japan, because all Japan is depleted by this time. And he's doing a ROH card. It's it's all Japan versus ROH. They would go on to have a working relationship with New Japan, which is great for both companies. Yeah. But... Uh, they it's ROH versus All Japan, and he's in the t- he's in uh, a match against Christopher Daniels, respectable, and Dan Moff. If you can draw me a picture of Dan Moff, I will give you a hundred dollars. I couldn't even tell you. Dan, I I don't even know. He's what like is. Tony DeVito. I don't know. It's <laughs> just Tony DeVito. He's the Tony Mama Luke of a Ring of Honor. I'm gonna actually, yeah. Dan Moff is a Dan Moff uh, is basically imagine Tony DeVito, but he's wearing the Puerto Rican flag, and oh, that's wow. all you need to know. Um, I agree. The other advantage that WCW offered to a lot of Japanese wrestlers, and it's 
it was the big advantage of the territory days, which is you can you can have that guy go somewhere else and earn money and come back, and all the fans yeah. are, yeah, excited to see him. Because they do, at this point, try to establish a working relationship with TNA, because TNA is now the new WCW. Um, during this point, they are kind of becoming like a BWCW. I don't know. It's kind of like, almost like, with production value and everything, it's kind of like, imagine... Uh, the NWA in the mid '80s uh, had uh, actually probably just as much talent, to be honest, but was run by a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, no, TNA TNA was never going to exceed Vince in terms of market share because they don't have the cultural impact and also didn't have the WCW ability of being essentially the ancestrally the NWA that everyone loved in the '80s. TNA was never going to be able to do that, but they could have been. They could have become what sort of Ring of Honor and New Japan have become now, which is a nice alternative. Also, NXT, a nice alternative to what the Fed is doing and make us a good amount of money and allow a place for guys to go, which just they doesn't really exist anymore unless you want to go to Japan. Um, what's also interesting is that in Japan, it's obvious if you go to the States, it helps your credibility. Although... Kijimuda is sort of the exception, which is like I would go see a Kijimuda match if he. They're like, oh, he's wrestling in London. Be like, I'd like to see him before he dies. Like he's now sort yeah. of he's entering that sort of way of like he's like a classic rock band. Are you gonna go see him before he stops doing it? Yeah, you want to see he can play some of his hits. Yeah, still like, and that is like uh, as we did talk about extensively. Uh, I don't know if there's as I don't know if there's as brilliant kind of a move as the shining wizard and as kind of dumb not dumb luck but just the luck of establishing yourself as a performer in the states getting the great muda gimmick because the great muda if he's kiji mudo yes he's still uh he's like junakiyama is in uh in new japan or whatever like yes he's a he's a legacy guy but he doesn't have a big enough gimmick where he can come over and still sell t-shirts on weird indie shows over here. You know what I mean? Like um it's just a re- it's a it's a really like good gimmick and like you said uh earlier on he switches from the he switches from the face paint to the mask so it's kind of an evolved evolved version and just to go back to your point of having the great muda in the states is a great gimmick because and this is going to sound really ridiculous but he's in southern wrestling promotions where let's be honest, some of them are racist. So they don't him, like that. him coming in as a tough, badass Japanese guy, they'd be like, no, because his slanty eyes would affect his vision. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, though. In TNA, TNA, and it got a lot of like TNA is basically oh, a lot of its audience. People like all just assume, oh, it's just like another wrestling nerd thing. A lot of TNA's audience that stuck around and stuck with them and still with them now, uh, as of this recording at least, is because. They're old WCW fans yeah. who are just like, I don't like that New York bullshit. I, and so I, what appeals more to a WCW fan than like Great Muda, Sting? You know what I mean? Like I that was the re- the entire reason I sought out TNA and was downloading the weekly pay per views off of LimeWire and exposing my computer to so many computer viruses. <laughs> oh yeah, that was all you LimeWire for. Hashtag porn. Hashtag me. I never use LimeWire for porn. Hashtag I released a bunch of porn. I don't like downloading porn onto my computer. I prefer to stream it because I feel like it's more. So Solo male fat masturbation. We've already talked about this. I'm uh, I'm in an emo college cam phase currently. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't even want to masturbate. Oh, wait. Oh, gosh, 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 gosh. Yeah. Gosh, 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 gosh. As shown to me by my, our friend Evan Demeray. Ooh, Evan Demeray. At Evan Comedy tweeted him with the hashtag Emo Stop Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, Evan. Yeah. Emo College Stop porn. it. Stop comedy. Um, but by doing that, then he always sort of remains as a he's an attraction wrestler in the States wherever he goes, but then can go to Japan and is just like he's the stone cold Steve Austin Hulk Hogan of Japan mm-hmm. and is universally sort of respected um, and also is the only wrestler on both sides of the pond to learn how to adjust his moveset. Like not Steve Austin should not be doing the stunner anymore. When he did the stunner at the last WrestleMania, you're like, your legs are so thin, Steve. <laughs> well, that's the the kind of the shitty thing about uh The only guy who did it actually, and this is gonna sound crazy, is Mick Foley when he came in as mankind. Okay. Really changed his style. Because Cactus Jack was so much more brutal and mankind was a lot more methodical in the early part of that run and was a lot more sort of just a mat wrestler. Yeah, and but he still did he still crazy ass shit on the occasion. Yeah. And then as they headed into the attitude era, he was like, "Oh, we're going to get crazy. Let me show you crazy." But he still did the elbow off the apron and shit. He did it. And he did know, like he, he did it once. He did he, it once with uh the Undertaker. Yeah. And he did it But when, that's all you need to do is once. Yeah, he did it once as opposed to when it was in WCW where he was doing it Every week, yeah. The ne- and he would talk about yeah, he's doing his nesty plunge where it's like fall backwards off the apron into concrete, crack o- the o- back of your head open, squeeze it to have a lot of blood. Like oh. that's insane. Um, but yeah, Muda, like in, yeah, mankind's a perfect example because he comes in as crazy guy, fall off the cell, and then what really ends up getting over is Mister Socko. Yeah, what? Like, I'll put this sock in a guy's mouth. That's, yeah. that's what gets Basically over. what he's saying is I've taken my penis out, put it on my hand, and mm. now I'm putting my penis in people's mouths. You know, choking my dick. Choking my penis. Oh, that would have happened in the Attitude Era. He's choking on Billy Gunn's dick. So, uh, then Mudo, uh, we're fast forwarding here, but we're, then Muda um, sells his stock in all Japan for well, wrestling. Well, that's up for contention. It's also, there was corporate conglomerates coming in and taking over. Everyone knows that. Um, and they started firing and taking away a lot of his protégés. He tried to sort of protect himself. He saw the writing on the wall. He jumped ship. Fucking all Japan sucks. They lose so much of their core talent like four different times. Like they build yeah. back up, build back up. Some factor comes in and they're like, we're out of here. <laughs> Well, they just don't have like a goal. Like uh, now, you're the giant baby bottle. So it was all Japan was the leader, and then in the you look at the early 2000s, Noah becomes the leader because uh, they basically take all of all Japan's talent. It's so crazy that it's crazy that all of all Japan left, but one guy. Yeah, and uh, all right, so and then Noah gives way to New Japan because New Japan is the only uh, the only promotion that's like, hey, we should probably get some new wrestlers. And also, New Japan is very smart in that they bring in a lot of the uh, American talent that the Fed didn't use in its sort of worst period of booking, which is the John Cena's an all-star. We don't need to use any of these guys. Yeah. Um, And do smart things like the Bullet Club being this evolutionary stable, sort of like the Four Horsemen with actually no leader where they can just keep refilling it and that's constantly your heel group. But no, this is... uh, I'm just saying as examples that they're using smart ideas that have been used a thousand times but putting fresh spins on it. Well, New Japan, the, 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 I think it's Jado and Gato book it. You guys can correct me on that and kill me, please. Kill me. Kill me with... 
but have my but have my butt being licked while you do it. Um, <laughs> Jado and Gato book it, but like they're Something. such huge marks for the NWO. Like they're the dudes who like it's so ironic. haven't caught wind that the NWO Wolf Pack was a bad idea. Like so. It's so funny, by the way, that they are like, we love this NWO angle. Oh, you mean the angle you guys did first? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but they love everything about the NWO. So that's why they Jeff steal. Yeah, like that's why Jeff Jarrett did it. That's why everyone joins the Bullet Club. So they've just murdered the idea of the Bullet Club. Like it was hot for a couple years because they were doing shit that like. Uh, they were doing basically American pro wrestling shit. Like they would interfere in matches. They would come down and uh, like just hang out near the ring while their buddy wrestled. Like just doing American pro wrestling shit that you just didn't see in Japan. And it was also very clearly, and they never really said it, but it's just like they're the Americans that are invading our yeah classic gaijin yeah yeah classic gaijin shit. Um, Which has always worked in Japanese wrestling. If you don't yeah. ask me, just ask Terry Funk. Could be like, "Al, oh, isn't that your your kitchens? I'm here <laughs> yeah, to yeah, own yeah. you." <laughs> well, he wasn't allowed. We talked about that, but he wasn't allowed in certain restaurants for there was a time. Anyway, yeah, and he wouldn't allow certain people on his boys' farm. The police, <laughs> the men. <laughs> this is the boys' farm. Going out of here. Um. So Great farm. Muda, also oddly kind of picks the wrong allegiance in America with it with TNA. Yeah, because But I'm going to picks the th- he picks what should be the 1A. Like it should be TNA should be there's no one's going to say it's going to compete with the Fed cuz you can't at this point. No, it you can't unless you like get bought by a conglomerate that like oh, what do we sell? We sell Coca-Cola and professional wrestling. Like those are the only way you no, can compete. No, I disagree. The, because if if you look at, but they could kill the South. Like they could be like, here, draw a line. Yeah. We wanna we wanna sell out in these states, and they have a actually really strong because they have a better TV deal over here in the the UK. Uh, yeah, they have the a better de- they have a better TV deal. Uh, over here in the UK than the Fed does now. The Fed is also incredibly vulnerable here because they're locked into a long-term deal with Sky. And ITV recognizes that and is relaunching the world of sports mm-hmm. because wrestling's really big in the Britain in the Britons in right the now. Britain. Um Duh. and have done things like you're just making fun of mentally disabled people. No, I'm making fun of you. Um I mean, uh, funny you. Like they're bringing in Jim Ross to be their lead commentator. Like ITV, which is a television company, is recognized what TNA is long supposed to have, should have done, which is like, we don't need to be that big in America. We can be big in Britain, where the money is still more than it is in T- in TNA. Block shoot it, bring in all the best guys, um, and away we go. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening now. Absolutely, TNA's just been mismanaged and wasn't smart about where they were making their money. They're fools. Um, but I can understand why <laughs> Kijimuda also would do that because if no other reason, who does besides Jim Ross, who does Kijimuto know in the WWF office to call and be like, hey, let's have a working relationship? While with TNA, he would know all I'm the. I'm sure WC- if the great w- Muda uh, sends a fucking fax, they'll get it. And be I calm. actually don't necessarily think they would because Vince McMahon would be like, who? No, they don't use people for runs, and they don't take Japanese talent seriously. That's yeah, that's like, the other thing. Like for, and also he wouldn't want to because he would have seen what they did with Funaki and Tajiri. Yeah, yeah. 
And like Tajiri actually did all right, but compared to what Tajiri was in ECW, where it's like everyone should be terrified of this man. Yeah, but Tajiri, just speaking, ECW was a cruiserweight territory. It was cruiserweight or yeah. lumbering man who can't wrestle light you on fire, boy. Yeah, and can you ever think of when Tajiri uh, wrestled against one of the this guy can't wrestle people? Like, did he ever face the Sandman? Did he ever... Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, he faced Tommy Dreamer, but Tommy Dreamer could... Re- like, you know Well, what I mean? okay, well, that's... Sandman was like, this This pile of beer is going to stagger around until he smokes someone with a chair. But he could. Like, Tajiri could do... Like, Tajiri could... He's a great wrestler, yeah. But I'm just saying, his match, his role on the card was like, you go out there with Super Crazy, you go out there with Little Guido. Yeah. You're, we don't have a cruiserweight division like that we mentioned, but you guys are under 200 pounds. The audience can tell. Yeah. But we're also going to stick you against people that are your size so you can still like do some power spots and do like yeah. fucking. You're going to go out there against Lil Spike Dudley, and for some reason, Big Sal is going to, uh, Graciano is going <laughs> to interfere. And he was just like, yeah. Where the fuck they found that fat fuck? I'll never know. It's the best. That's why Paulie's the best. Where he's like, he's in Big Sal. He just walks out there. He's real fat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I found a, a man that little Guido's going to use as a chair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he what does spot little, shows. In by the way, what was little Guido's name in? Nunzio. Nunzio. That was, all right, uh, on a ECW uh, DVD one time, uh, Paul Heyman was like, his name was little uh he's like just like people before him his name once there was cassius clay now there is muhammad ali once there was little you know now he's nunzio i'm like not the same thing <laughs> that no, is not uh, paul Heyman said that and i was like i love you to death man but that's not like he wasn't like yeah little guido's my slave name yeah he wasn't he wasn't- i have rediscovered who i am nunzio <laughs> yeah. i am a shorter version of an insensitive to my background name, Little Guido d- does his, the name change from Little Guido to Nunzio doesn't represent him joining a religion that believes black men come from space and are superior. Yeah, it meant he believes that, but for white people. Yeah, obviously, because that's true. He's a Mormon. I'm Italian. I, I made a lasagna. It's a it just a back hair. Oh, it's a just a back hair, and they touch your wife on her pussy. This is a super tangent, but still, the best moment in ECW is when Tracy Smothers and Tommy Rich uh, joined the full blooded Italians. Oh God, did I love every moment. Oh yeah, just Tommy Rich and now. So you'd think Kijimuda leaving all Japan would mean it's the end of his career. Wrong. Goes on to start another of his own wrestling companies. Wrestle. It's Wrestle One. One. Um, and that's where he is now. And he's doing pretty well. He's doing great. Uh, he te- he in uh, a match that certainly sticks out to me. I mean, he uh, he beat Rene Dupree. So I mean, if you're facing off against Rene Dupree, not that much is uh, not ma- much is wrong. With Guys, you, right? if nothing else, what you just need to find on YouTube is the Rene Ki- Dupree, the Kiji Muda entrance. Where he comes back as the great Muda, and a guy runs out with a lamp and rubs it a lot and then throws it down onto the ramp. And the entire front of the arena is engulfed in shooting smoke. And he walks out. And the thing is, Japanese audiences are pretty subdued. It gets so loud when he comes out. Like they're like, holy mother. Yeah. It's like Brock Lesnar coming out against John Cena on Raw that time. Like that's how fucking loud it was. Here's why I think that. Muda is 
not going to the Fed, and he would never do that, is because even in 2016, the year of our Lord, yeah. uh, 2016, oh, I'm sorry, this was 2015, even in 2015, he is going unbound for glory in TNA and beating Mr. Anderson. And that doesn't happen if he's in WWE. What happens in WWE, at best, there's no at best. He would do like a couple... He can't even get a Legends deal. There's no way he would go with the Fed because no. they don't. He's too old to do a short run where he beats some people and then loses to like Seth Rollins. I would love, by the way, if like they, but American, they uh, but I could make the argument they bring him in for as a Hall of Famer because he is the exactly the right type of wrestler. And they're running yeah, out they of could, guys. They'll they'll bring him in as a Hall of Famer for sure. They just yeah, he never wrestled, but he under the WWE extended WWE umbrella, he was an NWA champion, and they own that tape library. Yeah. And also, they've run out of people. Yeah, completely. Like, Jeff Jarrett could get the nod. No. Who else do they have at this point? They, who Todd Pettengale? They're going to put Todd Pettengale in. Gil. Either fucking way. In Pettengale? But who else Pettengale? Do, but who else do they have left to go? Oh, Todd Grisham. It's Todd fucking Grisham. It's Todd Pettengale. <laughs> oh, is it? I didn't realize that you love you Scott Todd. You stupid fuck. <laughs> I didn't realize you love Scott and Todd, the radio show from New York, so much. Oh, what's Scott and Todd? Is that Scott Hudson and Todd Pettengill? No, it's a guy named Scott Salem. <laughs> you don't remember us at all. Oh, it's me, Scott analysis. Hudson. Remember the last six months of WCW where I pretended to be a heel, but it was so disingenuous. Don't like you, Bobby the Brain Heenan. In fact, I do, though. I have one broadcasting voice, and I I can't change it. But when I talk like this is use my skeleton echo chamber, I can't see anymore. The great Muda, Kenji Mudo. KG Mudo. Katabuta. Certainly one of the worst wrestlers of all time. John, what is your favorite thing about him? Shining Wizard. I, of everything, I love a good finishing move, and I love a finishing move that comes out of nowhere, and I also love a finishing move which is kick him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I like his... uh, How are you going to finish this match? Ooh, suplex, not me. I'm going to kick you in the face. Knee to the dome, buddy, which I do not wear. Uh... I think my favorite thing is uh, just that he's the evolution of a character. It's really how uh, wrestling works Absolutely. at its at its peak. Is um, you take a character and then you uh, evolve it by one step and just kind of make it like not the brother, even though his character was that he was the son of the great Kabuki. Not the if you want to think about it, like the characters are related, but it's just to the writer. Like make yeah. it make it a cousin, not a brother. You know what I mean? If you ever wonder why didn't the giant being the son of Andre the Giant thing work, it's because they didn't do it the way of doing it with kabuki is you mention it sort of once but it's not that big of a deal do you understand yeah like it's a smart way of doing that yeah as a not route. literally bring him in as uh the reason why everyone's mad is because yeah. is because he's getting revenge for his dada yeah you bring a guy in like it the names are very similar the great kabuki and the great muda but the great kabuki is very much i mean it just sounds obvious like the great muda is looks is has a modern style yeah. but the great kabuki's gimmick and, and the thing with also muda is that he keeps his style up to date do you understand like yeah he's not hulk hogan if he was super healthy couldn't wrestle now because everyone would be like why is he why has he been put into a sleeper by this fat man for five like it just wouldn't yeah. work kane is another excellent example of someone who sort of kept his style up a little bit and wrestles in a way that always looks kind of normal and works, even though he's a tall, weird man. Even though, yeah, he has no ability to move. And 
I would say Kane is one of those people who will like in five years just like once he stops wrestling, his body will just crumple up into a piece of paper and he'll when he becomes the libertarian uh, uh, candidate for president. I mean, I hope so. I hope I hope that Kane and our subjects next week, one of our subjects next week, be Brian Blair, mm-hmm. run for a beautiful campaign based on love and. Uh, Going to bed before seven p.m. Very good, as you will hear about next week. Worst, uh, uh, worst thing about Akiji Muta. The worst thing about Kenji Muta was Akiji Muta was that he can't speak uh, the language, so he can never really do promos. Oh wow, Dylan! Guess you're gonna hold that against him too. Close mind, me. Get out of here. Get out of here. This is my country. Um, no, it's just like that's why the that's why I mean selfishly, uh. I didn't really get to see the man wrestle until he was past his prime because it was the year 2000. And uh, instead of being like, who's this high-flying crazy maniac that everybody wants me to lick on the nutsack, uh, I had to watch him like <laughs> be competitive with Evan Courageous when I was uh, a teenager. In the year 2000. Because nice. that's what the, I guarantee it was like. They probably uh, Vince was probably like, "Get me the great Muda," and they're like, "Well, he actually wants money and to win." <laughs> Scratch that. Give me, uh, give me anyone. Give me, give me, me Hakushi now. Yeah, you know, like find. It, oh my God! Imagine if it was Bret Hart versus the Great Muda. Whoa, that would be a match that Bret Hart would definitely be told to win, and it would just be like, uh, Kenji Muda legitimately beating up a man from Calgary. In a way that everyone in Alberta would be like, not in my goddamn ring. <laughs> well, no, it would just be like, uh, Vince would have been like, five minutes squash match, and Brett would just make it 38 minutes of great goddamn wrestling. You know? Um, yeah, yeah so it go- sucks that he never got to be in the WWE uh, machine and kind of be booked properly for as long a time. It sucks that Vince McMahon doesn't think that uh, the Japanese uh, people are people. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what sucks. I would no, I would love to see more of him, and I would love to understand what was happening. Because, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not one of those Piroso guys who's just gonna be like, "Oh, I just watched, I just watched uh, uh, Kobashi versus Akiyama again." And uh, I, I just, I what did I do last night? Because it was the prom. Not me. I didn't go to that. Instead, I just watched a lovely retrospective on FMW. We still go to prom. <laughs> we show up to proms yeah and say we brought beer can yeah. you buy us by that how about we fuck one of these children <laughs> i want to fuck one of these cats who's the youngest one here this episode i came seen? to fuck the teachers and the students yeah i'm taking you to school vice principal hutchins yeah, yeah. i'm not gay neither are you that means that this isn't gay sex it's two men naked picturing women in our heads now take by the way people who are vice principals automatically men in john's small world what's yeah. your least wait a favorite minute. thing wait a what's minute. your favorite thing wait a minute wait what's a your minute. favorite wait thing a minute. about wait. the great muda what's your least favorite thing then here's my least favorite thing about society women <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> uh you're a cuck <laughs> no you are you are we both are. Now watch me. Let's watch each other fuck our wives. Let's watch each other fuck each other in the mirror so it looks like... yeah, The four-way. Finally, the orgy we've always dreamed of. Um, worst thing... It's very similar to yours. It's, I, I want to do something that's not your... I'll say this. Worst thing about um, Kiji Muda is it's a great thing, but it just bugs me, and I'm the only one, is I hate the idea of other personas for wrestlers. It really, really? bugs the shit out of me. 
It really? adds a level. Of, I really like that, actually. I understand that everyone does, and I have to go along with it, but it bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> I have to go along with it. No more. Um, like it's the same thing they're doing with Finn Balor, Finn Balor, where it's the Demon King and just regular Finn Balor. It's like, no, this is stupid. I don't know. Sometimes you get so angry you're a demon. No, it bugs the shit out of me. I don't like that at all. I don't like. I Go- get it. I totally understand it. It's just it's something that annoys me. Finn is too angry. Now he's a demon. Yeah, Finn's too angry. Now he has fabric dreadlocks for a bit. Don't get Finn too upset. He'll become a demon. I'm the I'm the demon king. Rah. That's actually good stuff. Thank you. Uh, but all in all, Kijimura is probably pound for pound the best wrestler that we've ever seen in really a, a, in the in this generation. Wow! And look at the length of his career, all the things that he's done. He's made a lot of really good moves. A few mistakes, but not that many. Has saved a couple of companies. Has been the focal point and in the focus of Japanese wrestling for however many years with a very sizable American career. It, it, who could touch him? I don't know. Ric Flair is a wart on his ball sack in terms of impact as a wrestler. Wow. That's Ric Flair compared to Kiki. Yeah, I do Muda. feel like because if we were more into Puroso, this would be like an eight episode series or something. But I mean, there's only so much. I, I don't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one was really bad. The smell went right into the microphone and I almost <laughs> threw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John farts on his own mics and then he licks them later. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening, guys. That was an episode on uh, Keji Mudo, the great Muda, the great man, uh, which is Japanese for Dylan Gott. <laughs> um, and next week, it will be exactly a month until our one year anniversary. I didn't know if we were going to announce this, but I'm glad we am. So now we are going. We're going to embark on a new strange trip. Four episodes in a row covering the the career of thermos-dicked racist Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So next week will be the cape-wearing Freddie Blassie-managed era. Yes. Week two, Hulkamania. Uh, Hulkamania in WWF, and then WCW Hulk Hogan. In week three. Week three. And then week four. TNA and sex tape. Yeah, TNA. so meaning our one-year anniversary will be an episode that will be so much discussion. Not even TNA sex tape. Part four might be the longest one because it's everything after WCW. Oh my god, it'll be everything after WCW. So that's Return to the Fed. Return to the Fed. Captain America. Captain America. Mister America. Shut up. TNA. Return to the Fed again. Yeah. Wrong city introing a WrestleMania. Oh God! That good was to be here in, in the, uh, at the sil- uh, in the Silver Dome. God damn it! Who gives a fuck? Me fucking his wife. You you did fuck his wife a lot. Wanting to fuck his daughter. I've I've never wanted to fuck his. No, daughter. he wanted to fuck his daughter. Oh yeah, the, his defense of him uh, do, sexually putting suntan lotion on her bum was like, I've done that since I was a kid, and I was like, doesn't make it better, Hulk. And you know where Hulk's from. Florida. Florida. What is it like growing up in Florida? Let's put it this way. Someone breaks your leg and you don't go, well, I won't do that again. You go, better keep doing that. (laughs) All right. So that will be the first week will be uh, certainly, I don't know. I always like like hearing about uh, what... How someone got to their big break. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Before the big break. So this will be this will be my at least uh, if I was a listener, it would be my favorite episode. What's also going to be interesting is ah! all the happy accidents that led to Hulkamania. 
Yeah. Like me fucking his mom. That happened later. All right, uh, Gary, this man is uh, an individual that we have heard very little about other than he is a very dangerous weapon. I think it's only proper that the Honorable Matsuda gives the introduction to the American public of what he's brought from Japan to conquer the bigoted, prejudiced National Wrestling Alliance. Please, Mr. Haas, this is the man you are looking for a long time. He's a man, expert of the karate and the judo and martial art. So I like to represent you because you are best manager in the country and the world. Your reputation was very well. Well, you know, I have a great deal of respect for the people from the rising sun. The most honorable, the most well-trained, the greatest athletes in the world you and I know come from Japan. We all know that the yen is number one. The dollar is number two. As you know, as you know, Japanese corporation buying American real estate. I know very well more than 60 companies in Atlanta area. Very soon, Japanese will own Atlanta. And the great Boto will own the wrestling business. As you said, he is a master of all the martial arts. Most people only know Kung Fu. He knows them all. He is the most unique, the most devastating, the most dangerous individual that I have had in my charge for quite some time, thanks to the Honorable Mr. Matsu. I think combination of Japanese investment with your knowledge, I think we can conquer the NWA wrestling world. I give you my personal guarantee. And once the people of America have an opportunity to see the versatility of this young man, they are going to be in absolute awe. I give you my personal guarantee. Don't turn off your set today. Because if you want to see the greatest import that the Orient has ever sent, the greatest wrestler from Japan, watch it and believe it. Because our quality... Uh, we work for quality. quality. All right, the great Muta will be debuting here, ladies and gentlemen. The great Muta with Gary Hart taking.